Guess what, everybody? The Chin Music Podcast is going to broadcast live on March 26th from 11 Wells Distillery near downtown St. Paul. That's right. 11 Wells Distillery, which has wonderful spirits like the Minnesota 13 Barrel Age Whiskey, as well as the Boiler Room Barrel Age Rum. You've heard us talk about the 11 Wells on the show. You can come see for yourself while listening to myself, Jim Suhan, and Roy Smalley talk about baseball, spirits, music, and more baseball. So check us out at 11 Wells Distillery on March 26th at 7 p.m. See you there. The Timberwolves did not survive their exposure to the Suns. I want to hear what John Krasinski thinks about the Wolves' uh, rather you know, notable loss. Uh, their game Friday night against Dallas, their chances of getting the seventh seed, what's going around the league, and what's going around the Twin Cities. This is the John Krasinski Show. This is part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. By the way, our chin music show, our baseball show, is going to go live on Saturday night, 7 p.m. at 11 Wells Distillery in St. Paul. Easy parking, great Minnesota liquors. Uh, you can ask about anything, including the Timberwolves, if, if you come up. We're going to have some special deals there. We will have live questions. Lavelle, Neil, myself, and the Talk North team, come out and join us if you can. Uh, but on this show, hey, let's let's just talk about the Suns game. Uh, you know, the Wolves played pretty well in the first half. They kind of survived the third quarter, and they got their butts kicked in the fourth quarter. But I think what was more notable to me, John, but you're the expert, you tell me, was it felt to me like the Wolves weren't emotionally ready to handle the stress of playing a really good team under these circumstances. I saw some real uh, stress stress fractures in the personalities of this team coming down the stretch last night. Yeah, I do think so, Jim. In terms of you know what you could feel being in the building and you know sitting right near where we where we do we sit right close to uh, the Wolves bench. There was, I mean. I was exhausted at the end of the game and I didn't play. And <laughs> I think it's just because it it was an emotional game. I, I don't think it was officiated very well at all, but um, it, it felt much more like a playoff environment. And we saw it really well in that kind of environment in Dallas on Monday and couldn't quite pull out the win, but I thought that they, they were really, really good and, and, and a very good team. And there was nothing to hang their heads about that loss against the Mavericks. But I think in the Phoenix game, it did feel like they succumbed a little bit to a team that has been to the finals, that has sort of established its identity and what it wants to do. Even without Chris Paul, they have still been winning. Let's, you know, let's get this out of the way. They are by far the best team in the NBA. They've been that way all this all year. No matter who's in the lineup, that's how they play. It's a credit to Monty Williams and to that whole group for for the way that they play. So I don't want to like push the panic button because the Wolves lost uh, uh, to the Suns at home, but they were up 15 points in the third quarter, and then in the fourth, you just saw Devin Booker really in particularly, and then DeAndre Ayton to an extent as well, they got into winning time and they they knew how to do it. And I think that the Timberwolves are still trying to figure that out. And so the shots that the Suns were generating down the stretch were much better. 
than the Timberwolves. The their defense was much tighter than the Timberwolves, and I just think you saw what the difference was between a team that is the number one team in the league that has real championship aspirations this season and one like the Wolves that has played very well, exceeded expectations, and is trying to kind of claw back to relevance, but still certainly has several steps to take before they're on that level, um, uh, you know, know, going down the stretch in the fourth quarter of a tight game uh, to, to execute and just to hang with the Suns down the stretch. And it looks like with the remaining schedule and the Nuggets' remaining schedule, it looks like the Wolves are headed to the seventh seed. Is that what you expect at this point? I do, Jim. I mean, you know, I thought that, you know, when they when they went to Dallas, you thought there's an outside chance at the five seed because they play the Mavericks twice. They, the Wolves have been playing very well. And, um, and, and just with the way that the momentum was going, you thought, hey, you know, maybe they can even get up that high. But you lose to Dallas, then you lose to Phoenix. Um, it's not impossible for them to get the sixth seed because they still play Denver next week. And, and maybe they get a couple of, uh, breaks to go their way here in the next uh, few games where, where Denver still has some tough opponents to play. They play Phoenix, uh, I think tonight uh, we're recording this on Thursday, but, um, so the Wolves still could get a little bit of a help, but not only, you know, do, is it a long shot just from a numbers perspective, they're a game and a half behind, the Nuggets right now uh, with eight to play, but you know, the games that they're playing, it's, it's against Dallas at home on Friday night. Then it's at Boston. That is, you know, the Celtics are absolutely on fire. They're just killing everyone right now. It's at Toronto. Toronto is very good. And the, and the wolves never play very well in Toronto. Then it's at Denver and before the schedule, before you get at Houston and then San Antonio and Chicago. And so, um, they're going to need help. I think they controlled their own destiny a little bit at the start of this week uh, to try to get at least the six seed and maybe even the five. But now because they've dropped these two games, I think that this the seven seed looks like it's pretty much where they're headed. Yeah, it does feel that way. I, I want to also hone in on Carl Anthony Towns last night. You know, didn't have a terrible game, but didn't have one of his more productive games. And I just thought he chose the wrong battle to fight uh, with Crowder. You know, I, I, it, it, I don't know what he was trying to prove there by kind of bodying up Crowder, you know, 20 feet from the rim after having dunked on him. Uh, but I didn't think it worked out really well. And, you know, Towns is walking around the court pointing his head like he's getting in Jameson Crowder's head. His job isn't to get in Jameson Crowder's head. His, his job is to win games. And I thought he took himself out of that role when he started playing those games. Yeah. You know, it, it was interesting to watch because I think by and large this season, Carl Anthony towns has been really, really good at not getting derailed uh, as he had in the past. And, and I think he's had a lot more focus and a lot more discipline that way. And it's also kind of allowed himself to be more, emotional on the court quite frankly like he can get into a jawing match with another with an opponent and not lose his head and that uh that kind of confrontation with Jay Crowder um you know he had the you know, Towns had the dunk but I do I I think that Crowder sort of initiated it because they Crowder got dunked on they come down to the other end 
Towns is guarding him and Crowder really tries to bully him and he he initiates the contact. He tries to kind of muscle up a little bit and Towns stood his ground. Jay Crowder was maybe a little surprised by that because of Towns reputation as a player who would back down, um, you know, in, from some of these kind of shows of strength. And and so when Towns did not back down and did body him up, that's when Crowder sort of got nose to nose with them and started barking at him and and they started yapping. Um, and that is when you saw Towns clap and you saw him point to his temple and say, you know, like he's got inside his head. And at that moment, you think, okay, the Timberwolves are up double digits. Uh, this is a team that has shown a lot more toughness and backbone. Maybe this is where the worm is turning and maybe they will use this and ride this into um, a really important win. But like you said, Jim, he only had three points the rest of the way after that. And that was late in the second quarter. He had one shot in the fourth quarter because he was in foul trouble. Uh, he had a flagrant foul. Um, the, he also had a technical foul. Like the, the, it, it, it just was not a good game from Carl Anthony Towns. It was also not a good game from D'Angelo Russell, who was super quiet, three for nine, six points. Anthony Edwards missed a bunch of layups, had four turnovers, um, and, and, and didn't have his best game either. And so, you know, one of the things that I wrote about at the athletic was that, um, as these games get tougher, as the opponents get more physical, as the playoffs be loom, the Timberwolves have been able to get to this point and get, get to this position because of the strength and numbers approach. They're deep. They have a bench that can pick them up when it's not working. They have a lot of versatility. But now is the time you really need your stars to come forward. And, you know, in these big games against these big opponents, you got to ride these guys to the end. And, um, you know, they, they just did not get enough from Towns Edwards Russell in the fourth quarter and really in the whole game in particular. DeAndre Ayton had 35 points and 14 rebounds. Now, Towns was not guarding him, but he just like had his way with the Timberwolves defense. They needed at least like 25 and, and, and 12 from towns to kind of keep up. And they just, they did not get that. He, he, he got himself into foul trouble. Um, some of the foul calls were questionable. Absolutely. But he's got to be on the court for them. He's way, way too important. And when he goes out, especially against a big team like Phoenix, they just feast. And, and so that was a big problem for the Timberwolves and something they need to address going forward again against really good teams they just got to have their stars play a heck of a lot better than they did against the Suns. And let's get into the individual performances and uh, the refs and the defense and everything else and the, the remaining schedule here in a second. We do want to thank uh, our sponsors at TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen to the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. You can find all the archives and all the shows at TalkNorth.com. Today, we want to thank Head Flyer Brewing, one of John's favorite places. It's a great place, Jim, and we got a really cool thing going on at Head Flyer right now. Uh, I stopped in to the tap room, which is in Northeast Minneapolis, just off 35W on Hennepin Avenue, uh, just the other day. And I got to kind of pour some hops into a beer, and they're going to have a collaboration beer with uh, Talk North and with the John Krasinski show, kind of going into the Timberwolves playoffs. And 
if you've been to Head Flyer, even if you haven't, they have unbelievable uh, beers there, a great beer selection. And so we're coming up with our own collaboration here going into April and, and we're going to name it. Um, we're going to, uh, just have everyone come out and really enjoy it. But the one of the super exciting thing right now is at head flyer brewing, you can, uh, any Timberwolves fan can start to think about names. Like, and if you, if you, if you go to head flyer brewing, you can see, they like to get a little irreverent, have some fun with their names. They have a juicy IPA called it was all a dream after Biggie Smalls. They have, um, a, uh, another beer called wicked jump shot. That's kind of more of a basketball themed beer. And this one is going to be a Timberwolves sort of John Krasinski, uh, basketball themed beer. And we're looking for names, any kind of, uh, you know, fun suggestions you can have that go back to playoff Timberwolves lore um, that maybe, you know, capture your excitement for the team going forward. And I will be posting a kind of call for suggestions on my Twitter account at John Krasinski here in the next day or so. If you submit a name that ultimately gets picked, you will get a head flyer prize pack, some gift cards, maybe a little bit of swag. And then we'll get, we'll invite you out to the kind of the grand unveiling of the beer as well. It's Head Flyer Brewing. It's at uh, on Hennepin Avenue in Northeast Minneapolis, uh, right off of 35W. Come on in, tell them the John Krasinski Show sent you, and also watch our social media at John Krasinski, at Head Flyer Brewing on Twitter and on Instagram and Facebook uh, for, for that contest and, and get involved. We'd love to have your suggestions. Good stuff. Thanks also to longtime sponsor TSR Injury Law. Steve Terry and his guy, his people are killing it. Uh, they take great care of their clients. They do not charge you unless they win your case. We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR Injury Law help me if I'm hit by a driver with no insurance? Yes. How about if not enough insurance? Yep. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. Thanks also to longtime sponsor, Memorial Blood Center, doing such important work in the Twin Cities. This month, give blood with local Memorial Blood Centers and you'll make twice the impact. For every unit of blood donated, Memorial Blood Centers will donate $1 to Second Harvest Heartland, helping ensure folks living with food insecurity can get healthy, nutritious food that they need. Double your impact without even having to open your wallet. Learn more about how you can help or schedule an appointment to give blood at mbc.org or call 1-888-448-3253. Your community is counting on you. So the Wolves defense, uh, are you worried about it or is it just natural that when you play exceptional teams, you're going to get a little little exposed? Well, I mean, part of it is absolutely that they're playing better teams. Um, but I, I think that this is a, a very interesting thing that you're seeing Chris Finch do right now. And really they have done for the last uh, couple of weeks um, is they have had a lot of success this season. And, you know, right before the Suns game, even uh, maybe before Dallas, they were 11th in the NBA in defensive efficiency, which is an unbelievable level for a team that historically has been terrible defensively. So they've done a great job with that and they do it and we won't get too much into the weeds, but they do it with what's called the high wall approach where, you know, for years and years they would drop Carl Anthony towns on the pick and roll, have him try to protect the rim a little bit more and they would get picked apart with that kind of a style. Now this year they've they've kind of engaged Towns more in the pick and roll and made the whole defense much more active in a scrambling cover for each other 
type of a scheme and it's worked really well. It's generated a lot of turnovers. It creates points in transition. It does a lot of things that the Wolves needed to do to have success. But when you get into the playoffs, you need to be able to have multiple defenses to face different teams, to face different approaches and different different X's and O's strategies. And so you can see Chris Finch, Elston Turner, Kevin Hansen, kind of the defensive trio that's leading this team. You can see how they have um, tried to kind of fold in other approaches throughout the last few weeks to try other schemes to try and get the Wolves to be a little bit more versatile and so that they can match up a little bit better depending on who they're facing in a playing tournament, in the playoffs, all of those things. I think because they're trying to do that, which is a long-term goal that is understandable and the right thing to do, you're seeing this team look a little bit more hesitant, um, have a little bit more trouble in in certain spots, and and they're just not as comfortable doing this yet. And the idea is, well, we got to learn how to do it on the fly in games and practice it so that when you really need it in the playoffs and in the play-in, you can throw it out there with confidence. But they're going through those growing pains and those learning pains right now in trying to do that. So against the Suns, you know, they were running all sorts of different things. But the problem was is that the Suns are really, really smart. And, and really well coached. And so they were able to get DeAndre Ayton on switches, either on smaller Jared Vanderbilt, smaller Anthony Edwards, sometimes Patrick Beverly was even involved in some of these um, actions. And so Ayton would catch the ball in the lane and literally just be able to turn and shoot over anyone who was in front of him. Um, and so there's got to be a little bit more adjusting to that. And, and so I think they're working through those things right now. Ideally, they're going to, once the, the playoffs begin, they're going to A, have Jaden McDaniels back and B, have a little bit more of a, uh, a more varied palette of, of defenses that they can throw at teams. But they're taking their lumps a little bit right now while they try to get these things down. Good explanation. I was going to ask you about the high wall defense and how you think it's working out. I think you uh, gave me uh, you gave me a lot to think about there. It's pretty fascinating because that's a, that's the interesting thing here is that you know the wolves have performed. It's the way sports work. The, the wolves have performed well enough to raise expectations enough that we can actually feel legitimately disappointed when they don't beat a great Phoenix Suns team at home. You know, I mean, that's the thing is that it, it's a very logical thing to lose to the Suns, but when you pick it apart and you only have high expectations, uh, you know, it can be, you can actually allow yourself to be disappointed by something that maybe we shouldn't be that disappointed by. Yeah. I mean, it's a great point, Jim. I mean, that's what comes with the stakes that the wolves are playing for right now is, you know, and then when you've had losses to like the Orlando's of the world and the new Orleans early in the season and things like that, like, that puts more pressure on these later games where you just really need them. And so um, it is not any uh, it's not a sin to lose to the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are 59 and 14. Like they beat everyone all of the time, no matter who they have. And so, yes, in that case and in that vacuum, it's not a bad thing. And especially for the Timberwolves, I think that the the disappointing thing for me coming off of the game was sort of just how they lost it. I had zero issue with how they lost in Dallas because you saw that team 
really fight, scratch and claw, um, take a lead late in the fourth quarter. They couldn't quite hold it against a really good Luka Doncic, um, but they battled and they were right there. They were down 16 in the third quarter and they came back and showed a lot of toughness and and, and a lot of of just gumption and and everything that you're going to need in the playoffs. They showed it in with the Phoenix game. That one felt more like they were overwhelmed. Um, and I think that ideally, as you go down this stretch against these really difficult opponents, you want to see your best guys rise to the moment and start to maybe adapt to the increased intensity. And I thought they did it well against Dallas. I thought once Booker started going at their heads, they just looked a little shell shocked. And so, um, again, it doesn't mean that anything like that it's the end of the world or that they you know that it's super disappointing but i do think that it is incumbent upon them to learn from that and to understand that this is now a 48 minute game like they were able to get by with lulls against oklahoma city against portland you know against the lakers like they could they could kind of sleepwalk through seven or eight minutes that is not going to be the case against any of these teams that they're playing right now or any of the teams in the play-in and the playoffs. And so in some ways, this is a great test for them. This is a great way for them to really acclimate to what they're going to be faced with because so few of the players on this team have been through that. Um, but they are, you you could see against Phoenix that they just, they did not, they could not match that level of intensity and they're going to have to going forward. And hopefully that, hopefully that a, a game like the one on Wednesday night just wakes them up to that and, and, and makes them stronger going forward. As a home improvement project, solar energy can start paying for itself the moment the system is powered up. It can pay back 100% of the installation costs within eight years. Plus, a system from All Energy Solar can even pay back more than 300% of its cost over its lifetime. Learn how you can make the switch at allenergysolar.com. And now it is time for John Krasinski. And I missed this when I was on vacation last week, so I had to go you know, into the archives just to listen to old versions of this ad let, let's hear, once again, John Krasinski on Manscaped, manscaped.com. Yeah, Jim, I, I hope you brought your Manscaped on the road with you because that I is did. one of the, the beautiful things that uh, about Manscaped is it's easy to travel with. You can take it with you on the road. It has a great battery life. You can bring it in the shower if you need it. But March Madness is here. Not everyone can have a perfect bracket, but you can have the perfect set of balls this tournament season with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their ultra-premium collection to give you the total championship hygiene routine. After sweating out the games, make sure you lather up head-to-toe with this all-in-one skin and hair care kit to have your body and balls smelling final for fresh. When the clock winds down in March, be clutch and avoid the upset with Manscaped Ultra Premium Collection to keep everything under control. We all know how essential the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer is for a precise trim below the waist, but now you can enhance your big dance in the shower with their Ultra Premium Collection. The package includes the Manscaped Premium Deodorant. No, not for your balls, but for your stanky armpits. This deodorant dries clear, is aluminum-free, and smells like their signature scent. They also have a hydrating body moisturizer, a body wash, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, plus a free gift, a three-pack set of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. That's four products 
and a gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection. What a score. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code ATHLETIC. Good stuff from John, as always. Uh, So we've heard the Wolves complain about the refs of late. I don't necessarily think they're off base, but is that a productive, constructive approach to this? You know, it, it's it's a, this is just a hard one, Jim. Because yeah, I mean, the the initial reaction obviously is don't let it bother you. Like just play and and go through it and um and and you know just figure it out. You got to rise above it. I mean, every team deals with poor officiating at one time or another, um, and so you want to tell them suck it up, you know, and 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 just deal with it. That said, um, the Timberwolves. I think face a fair amount of egregious calls against them. Um, some of them, like the town's flagrant uh, last night, were justifiable, uh, were understandable. Some of them, like Patrick Beverly getting a taunting technical for sort of faking inbounding the ball at a, one of the Phoenix Suns, um, was something I've never seen before in my life and something that Chris Finch said he had never seen before in his NBA career. Um, And so, and I also think that Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns both are, get a lot more contact in the paint against them. That is not whistled than your uh, other stars around the league, especially, you know, guys like Embiid and Harden and Kyrie and Durant and, and all of these guys. So I do think that in general, they get a poor whistle. And I do understand their frustration. I think some of it is very well-placed that, you know, look, they're getting hammered down there and they're just not getting the same respect. But uh, it's not changing. And they've tried complaining and they've tried talking to the league and they've tried yelling and hollering. And all they're doing, unfortunately, is putting a bigger target on their backs with the officials. There were seven technical fouls last night in the Suns game, four of them to Minnesota. One of them, which was to Anthony Edwards, was actually rescinded in the moment, which, again, I've never seen before, and it was just a horribly officiated game. Um, And the Timberwolves got terrible calls against them. The Suns got terrible calls against them. But what you saw in that Suns game was, you know, they just played through it, and they found a way to get what they needed to get done. I don't think that the Timberwolves were like, especially rattled last night um, during the game. I don't think that they lost the game because they let the officiating get to them, but it is going to be a recurring theme for this team the rest of the way and probably in the playoffs. And if they don't find a way to address it like productively, um, that's going to be one of their undoings. And, you know, maybe as they get back into the playoffs, as they establish themselves more as a team that is competitive and, um, and, and, and does things, you know, it, it, it does things the right way and has, you know, high level players on it. Maybe they will start to get more respect from the officiating, but they can't expect that to change overnight here. And so there has to be a collective, you know, uh, putting their heads together and figuring out how best do they handle this so that it, you know, it doesn't 
mushroom on them. Towns, I believe, has 13 technical fouls now. He said he got one rescinded last night. If he gets a couple of more, he's suspended for a game. Um, and and that's the kind of thing that they just have to be very, very careful of. And that's including in the playoffs too, Jim. So, um, th- so those are the things that they're having to work out. A lot, again, a lot of their grievances, I think, are justifiable. But it's fallen on deaf ears. And so they got to find another way to go about it. Thanks to everyone who listens to the Jack Krasinski show. You've made this one of the most popular uh, shows on the platform. We have tons of other good stuff, outdoor content, variety content, uh, Destination Polaris, The Flush. Uh, for outdoor content, of course, we have Cheryl Reeve, Mike Grimm, Anthony LaPantha, Michael Russo, just tons of good people on the sports side as well. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, let's get into Jimmy Butler, uh, shockingly, uh, getting into it with a teammate last night. Yeah, I mean, this hey, Jim, the, last night had the potential to be the best Wolves fandom night <laughs> since like game seven against the Kings because halfway through the game, the timber, their Timberwolves, this team that they have started to fall in love with that they really believe in that is so fun to watch that that is just so likable. Um, they're up 15 points on the best team in the league. They are in control of the game. They're playing very well. It is a heated game. Everyone's into it. They're hollering and screaming. It's really, really good fun for Timberwolves fans who are there. And lo- right around that time, in right around roughly the third quarter of the game last night against the Suns, Udonis Haslam and Eric Spolstra. And you talk about the two people who are above reproach in Miami who could run for mayor and win in a landslide it's Eric Spolstra and it's Udonis Haslam. And for whatever reason, Butler, between seeing the video, I'm not a you know professional lip reader, but it seemed pretty clear that Spolstra was yelling at Jimmy Butler, are you bleeping crazy? Are you bleeping crazy? And so Timberwolves fans are consuming this while their team is up. This is the guy who burned their whole franchise down, who you know, talked all sorts of smack about Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and like, and labeled this whole team as soft. Um, and so then you have, you know, Butler going down that way. Um, you have Tibbs in New York, giving up big leads and, and squandering, squandering games. And then you have their team sort of rising out of the ashes. And, and so there was such a giddiness in Wolves Twitter and watching this happen because they saw Jimmy in the way that he did things here and have been waiting for that to happen in Miami. And, and everyone, it was very much like Vikings fans seeing the Packers lose. Like everyone was just rejoicing. Of course, then, you know, Devin Booker gets rolling and the Wolves uh, kind of kick that one away. But I think a nice little consolation prize for Wolves fans to see all that drama in Miami unfold. What do you read into that? I mean, listen, we all see little skirmishes here and there in every mm-hmm. sport, on every bench, but but that that seems like trouble. It well, it it does seem like trouble a little bit. I will say, Jim, that this this is what I will say. If any organization can handle that, can move past it, can kind of, you know, just, you know, kind of say, "Hey, this is the heat of the moment." Um, very professional, they are very mature into that. Um, in the heat of the moment, tempers can flare. And so I, I'm not going to say that like this is 
the the Butler Heat unraveling. Um, and and I thought that Spolstra handled it very well after the after the game where he said, "Look, we were getting our asses kicked, and the, these are really we are all very competitive, and tempers were short, and so that's what happened in the moment, and they will move past it. I believe they can do that because I think Spolster just knows how to handle these things, but I do think that it is something to watch very closely because it takes a lot for a player of Udonis Haslam's stature to react the way that he did in that moment. And it certainly takes a lot for Eric Spolstra, uh, one of the best and most composed coaches in the league who has lived through the LeBron James pressure cooker, who has won championships, who has seen pretty much everything there is to see, um, to kind of look at a player like he has never seen something like this before and be completely exasperated by it. So it, it it's definitely, you know, it's not something that you can just say, oh, this is just heat of the moment, nothing to worry about here at all. I think it's something that you want to watch and look into. But um, I trust the Miami Heat to figure that out more than I would almost any other franchise in the league. Well said. Hey, thanks again to Head Flyer Brewing, TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time, Memorial Blood Center, Manscaped, and All Energy Solar. Thank you for listening. We're going to go to John now for a final thought. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Uh, and again, hey, this is the sports scene is fascinating right now. And, you know, so you might have a different final thought, but the one I'm going to prompt you on, John, is you grew up here as a diehard sports fan you worked your way up the ranks of minnesota journalists what's it like for you to see this market all go all in at the same time yeah it's it's really fun man um you know to see you know, in the same week mark andre Fleury, zadarius smith carlos correa you know see the wolves kind of trying to get back to the playoffs and 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 going toe to toe with with big teams and big games see the target center filling up it's it's really a lot of fun and and what i always think about in these you know situations which have been kind of few and far between certainly in the last 20 years that i've been covering minnesota sports is just in these moments i'm just really happy for the fans and it sounds like and i'm i'm honestly not placating or or, or, or pandering or anything like that. Like I really am happy that you, that these fans who have endured so much dysfunction, losing, um, you know, every sort of embarrassment under the sun and every sort of gut punch that you can get to have things to celebrate and look forward to, they deserve it um, more than any other fan base in the in the really now. The place is really full long before tip-off. It is amped up when Carl Anthony Towns threw the dunk down on Jay Crowder. Um, it was exploding in there. And and some of and to see what these capable of when they are actually given something to cheer about and to be proud of, it's just really, really fun. Like I just look around the arena and I see how much fun fans are having. And I I can't help but juxtapose that with how many times they walked out of the arena over the last 17 years just with their heads hanging and feel like they got taken you know they feel like man i paid all that money for this or gosh i gotta come to the game and to try to support the team because i like the nba but this is awful so um they're being rewarded now 
for their loyalty and for kind of sticking through things. And, um, and it's just an, an incredible place to go work right now. Um, and, and so I'm happy for that. I hope that, you know, for, for the fan sake that some of the success kind of keeps building with all of these teams, but it's been a really, really fun week. And it's nice to see a, a, just a group that has gotten their teeth kicked in for so long, have something to really smile about and, and, and celebrate. Good stuff from John as always. And Hey, you know, even a couple uh, couple difficult losses for the Wolves doesn't diminish the fact this, again, has been a fun season, a promising season, an entertaining season, and we'll keep bringing you John's insights on this season. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. Thanks for listening to John's show, and we'll talk to you next week.